0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. This week, I'm re-releasing one of my early episodes from 2020. We'll have a brand new episode up for you next week. Enjoy the conversation. Bias, and you're listening to Adulting the Podcast. This show covers all you need to know about life after college and how to survive adulthood. Today's topic focuses on freelancing. There may be students right now who have either graduated or are about to graduate this season who are trying to find another way of gaining income while they're trying to get their first job out of college. Or there may be people who have thought to themselves at some point I really want to start freelancing, but I'm not sure how to get started. Well, this episode is for you. Joining me today on this conversation is Jamal Richmond. He's a recreational specialist, and he currently freelances in photography. Thank you for joining us, Jamal. How did you get into freelancing?
1: Yeah, I started it around 2018 when I first moved to Charlotte. I was studying for my master's at the time when I began my photography career. I knew I wanted to be a creative. and When I first picked up a camera, I just loved it, so.
0: All right, so why did you start freelancing as a photographer?
1: I actually started it because my friends, when I was in undergrad at Winston-Salem State, I used to always take their pictures that they posted on Instagram. And I just took them with my phone, and they always thought they were good. My angles were good. My eye was good for it. Now my clientele's grown, and I'm just trying to keep it growing.
0: I do motion graphics live action videos, and and podcast episodes, and different things like that for clients. I originally wanted to do a comic strip for my undergrad university's newspaper and magazine, but for some reason, neither of those two platforms wanted to accept a comic strip. Someone heard exactly what I was trying to do to further express myself, and they provided me with some Toon Boom animation, actually. So I developed my first video, and... I started sharing it with other individuals via other organizations that I was a part of. People started spreading the word, started getting interested. I had voice actors, voice actresses, and my marketing business basically grew from there. In 2016, I had graduated from grad school from Syracuse University, and that's when I started to look for my first official full job. In the meantime, income wasn't coming in, and I wanted to continue to develop motion graphics. One of my professors at Syracuse, she had actually suggested that I go into freelancing until I can find my first role, and she volunteered to be my first client. How is it that you started finding clients as a freelancer, and how did you work to continue to find clients right after you graduated from college?
1: I bought my camera in July of 2018. I did free photo shoots for, from July 2018 to September 2018 just to build my portfolio so I can have some work that people can see when they want to actually book me. And I just kept doing free work. My rates were very cheap if they did want to pay. And I took tips if they were given. I just kept doing that and kept everything professional. I think that's the most, I think that's how I get majority of my clients uh, my professionalism. Emailing them back fast, providing them a great experience, giving them more photos than I promise. I always underpromise and over-deliver as people are starting to shoot with me, they have friends and their friends have friends. Of course, I promote myself on social media, but word of mouth has always been my biggest promotion. I have Facebook, I have Twitter, I have Instagram. Those are the three I normally use. I use Instagram the most, of course, because that's a, already a picture platform. My Facebook community is like when I was at high school, you know, the high school people. And so I would say my Twitter community is my College people and my Instagram people would definitely be my postgraduate, you know, grown up Jamal and everything like that. So just integrating all that together, and that's how I get my clientele.
0: How were you able to build up your Instagram audience or your post college
1: audience? It was more so the way I moved after I graduated. I cleaned up my Instagram. Remember, Capital Side, I get a lot of Greek people that wanted to shoot with me. They opened up another climate as well after graduation. Other than that, it just people repost my work and they see the giveaways I was doing and everything like that. So it was just like a snowball effect of everything coming together.
0: Okay. That's a pretty good twist, being able to figure out different strategies to bring everyone in, being part of a fraternity, other organizations. I'm assuming you would talk to them and let them know that you were looking for clients and providing giveaways too. That's definitely further encouragement to bring people onto your accounts.
1: That's pretty much my strategy. And I just repeat that process over and over again.
0: And I would hear a number of recommendations as well, as far as reaching out to people, either by sending them a direct message or leaving comments on their page. Did you follow that strategy as well?
1: Yes, I deal with people all the time, commenting on their posts. If you comment on someone's posts an enormous amount of times, it'll be easier for them to see your profile. The more people you interact with, the more people will see your work. Just more clients you can get. You have to be engaged just as much as people are engaging with you. You got to be seen or you'll be forgotten. That's what anything is out of your sight. It's out of their mind. So that's the mentality I take and try to stay consistent.
0: All right. So Jamal, going more into pricing sense, how did you determine how much clients were going to pay you for each freelance job?
1: I think it was me knowing my worth. Me knowing how good I think I am worth. Definitely how much my equipment costs (laughs) and how much time I want to spend. I do my shoots about an hour, I don't do about edits. And when it comes to time framing and timing of how long I want to shoot and how long I want to edit, that's what I determine my price range off of.
0: Can you tell me about the first time you decided a client would need to pay for a service? How did the conversation go? Were you nervous, or could you tell me a little bit more?
1: First time ever charging someone, I did it for $40. It was a small concert. It was probably only like five people at the concert. Really. It was like a little show he did. He basically told me, hey, I need someone to get some pictures of me and my element performing. He, he said, how much would you charge me for that? And I told him, I was like, I would do it for $40. And I was there for like an hour and a half. <laughs> and my prices are double that now. Well, triple that now.
0: Oh my gosh. That Wow. How did you come to that, that
1: pricing? Yeah, so that, that's just how, that's how I valued it. I knew I wasn't as advanced as someone else to charge him 100 or $200 for it. So I just, I charged him enough that wouldn't scare him away, pretty much.
0: Yeah, starting out, it can be difficult. You don't really have that confidence within yourself of like, okay, so I'm not really that experienced within this area. I'll admit I had loadballed myself to coming out of school. I was like, uh, how much should I charge? Because I've been doing this for a little while. And so I did my research online and I would type in things like, how much should I charge somebody for X amount of minutes for this animated clip? And it's like 2D and I would just type in different things like that. But even then, all that information that I would see, it seemed like a whole bunch of money. And at the time, I just didn't understand the value of the work that I was producing.
1: Yeah, you had a point. And that's to take a lot of people, I think a lot of people went through similar things that we went through when it comes to pricing and everything like that. Any type of entrepreneurship you're looking to go into, you can't just jump out and charge people an arm and a leg for a service you're not that well at. Just You have, you have to grow in the service. You have to have great professionalism because they're paying for all of that. People work hard for their money, so I really want to give them the best experience I can. What
0: other tips or advice would you give to recent college graduates and young professionals who are considering becoming a freelancer?
1: Research, research, research. That's my biggest advice to anybody. If you don't have anyone you know that you can ask, even if they don't do the same thing that you do, you should always do research behind them. And if you do have somebody, that's even better because they can give you even more free game that you can use to build your business up. Don't hesitate to invest in yourself. Cameras, lenses, photography classes, anything. Invest, 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 because you're going to get it back if you work hard enough. Plus, um, nobody taught me photography. I learned everything solely from YouTube. Everything I pick up is from YouTube and experience. Use what you can to further invest yourself. YouTube is a great platform for it.
0: Going back to trying to figure out what you should charge as far as pricing as well, one document I will recommend is called Writer's Markets, How Much Should I Charge? A friend actually provided it to me. Depending on what industry you're trying to freelance in, whether it's making videos, graphics, helping out with social media, etc., It gives recommendations on how much you should be charging someone, either for a project or how much you should be charging someone per hour. So definitely look more into that.
1: If you really want something, you're going to do everything it takes to get it. Nine to five pays the bills and six to 12 bills the empire. Just continue to research, invest and work at it every single day, even if it's something small.
0: All right, Jamal. Well, thank you again for being a part of this podcast episode. And as always, thank you, audience, for listening. I'm Caspi Bias. See you next time. I'd like to hear from you all as we continue with Season 3. What do you want to chat about? What do you want me to bring onto the show? Feel free to reach out at CaspiLbias at gmail.com. Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias is a production of C-Bias Productions, LLC. For more episodes of Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias, visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.